On today's episode of Locked On 76ers, it is finally here. Yes, the start of the NBA season, the Sixers Celtics, they kick things off tonight. Keith and I preview not only the game, but the season. We get things underway next right here. Fired up, Locked On 76ers. You are Locked On 76ers, your daily Philadelphia 76ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, you are Locked On 76ers. I am Devon Givens from 97.5 The Fanatic Radio in Philadelphia, Alongside my co-host and my partner from the Inquire.com, Sixers beat writer, does a fantastic job. Year number 10 for Keith Pompey. What's going on, man? What's popping, D? How many years is it for you? 15. <laughs> That's what I was about to say, man. Come on, bro. You talking about year number 10? Were you just trying to, like, one-up me? <laughs> <laughs> year number 15, man. So I'm excited. It's always fun uh, when the season gets underway. Even... Even when it was the bad years, just you knew it was going to be bad with those rebuild years and all. But just to have basketball back and having basketball back in a meaningful way where the team is good and there are high expectations from everybody in the city and looking forward to what they should be able to do. Big off season, as we know, seeing some of the national people. I saw a couple of them. Keith already predicted that the Sixers are going to win the NBA championship. So it's exciting to have it back, man. It really is. Yeah, it is. It is. Oh, ooh, I don't know if they can win the chip, though, but that's that, that's pretty. And I'm not hating. I'm just saying I, I don't know if they can beat Milwaukee or Boston, but we'll see, bro. We'll see. Hey, that's why you win those 12 games in the in the East, in the in the playoffs, and then hopefully those four in the end in the NBA Finals. So we'll we'll dive into that all each and every game, each and every week here with you as we just push through the NBA season. Uh, again, a lot with this basketball team. So we thank you for making Locked On 76ers your first listen every day. And remember, Locked On 76ers is free and available on all platforms, including right here at YouTube at Locked On 76ers. So, Keith, highly anticipated game. We talked about it the other day. You came up with a great idea of talking about beginning with Boston and Milwaukee and what it will mean and all. Well, you're in Boston for this game and starts off tonight 7 30 in boston at the td garden and two atlantic division rivals two teams that know each other very very well they can't stand each other the fan bases just absolute sports hate when it comes to these two franchises the rivalry is there especially when they are both good and at this time they are boston and defending eastern conference champions fell in the nba finals uh, four to two to the Golden State Warriors and the 76ers eliminated in the second round to the Miami Heat with the identical uh, series record at four and two. Disappointing for both teams, more so for the Sixers because they didn't advance past that second round for the fifth consecutive year in the postseason. Now, Keith, we begin with the game tonight. We know everything that has hovered over the dark cloud over Boston with Ime Udoka. In comes uh, Joe Mazzula as the he- stepping in as the head coach for this team. Interim, I guess he still is the title because Emi Udoka is still technically suspended for the year. But this basketball team has a new head coach, one of their their big free agent pickup. And Danilo Gallinari has torn his ACL. He's out for the season. Malcolm Brogdon acquired in the trade with the 
Indiana Pacers. He's going to give them a big boost in the backcourt defensively as a leader on the floor and all-star level players, although he's never made it. He has that type of ability. And I think he's a good addition to the team overall and the experience that they gain. Marcus Smart, Defensive Player of the Year. Jalen Brown, you know, all-star level year. Jason Tatum, he's a first-team all-NBA player, well-deserving of that acknowledgement and that recognition from the league. They are no longer surprising anyone like they did last year. Getting off to a tough start, they come back in the second half of the season right around January 1st, and they had one of the top five records in the NBA. No surprises anymore. The Sixers, as we know, we've chronicled their offseason every single day this offseason and and tried as best as we could as we've gotten underway here with the start of the campaign. Keith, this is a big, big game for the Sixers and the Celtics, mind you, uh, as we begin things tonight. Yeah, it's a huge game. Um, you know, the funny thing, well, not funny, but, you know, this is going to be Bill Russell tribute night for, for people who don't know. And I'm pretty sure people, especially in Philly, know who Bill Russell is. You know, he was a Hall of Fame great. He had epic battles against Wilt Chamberlain. And they're going to wear throwback jerseys for him, right? Their city edition jerseys. Actually and, pretty and, cool oh, looking, too. Huh? Pretty cool looking. Yeah, well, I heard they, the people here are saying they look like the Milwaukee Bucks. Jersey. I said the same thing. Yeah, yeah, and they're not the really, yeah, and they're not really like happy about it. Yeah, but, but anyway, but the thing is, so it's going to be kind of electric in here. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. it's, it's great. It's the first game of the season. Um, so you know, it, it's it's going to be a big game, like you said. It's a rivalry, but it's always been it's always better when both teams are contending. And um, I, I kind of think the Sixers, you know, it, it's weird. Like, if I'm Boston, I know that Boston doesn't have Ime Udoka, who's suspended for the year um, for some discretions. But if, if, if I'm them, I feel a little bit better than the Sixers do right now. And the reason being is at least you know what your core is. You know what you guys are going to do. The coach was in the system last year. Whereas the 76ers, they had a, a couple of dress rehearsals. But for the most part, this is going to be is live. It's going to be the first time that they're all playing in an actual game that they were trying to really win and the other team was trying to win, and they're going to have to work some things out. So I feel like it's going to be a little bit of growing pains at times because mm-hmm. they just have to get used to each other and they have to develop more chemistry. You know, it's different from uh, practicing in the game. I mean, practice than playing in the game. So – it's going to be electric. It's going to be a great game. But I ultimately feel like that this this uh, Celtics are going to win just because the Sixers have to gel. And it's not like they're playing Oklahoma City Thunder. They're playing the Boston Celtics, the defending Eastern Conference champions. And you think when you talk about the gelling factor overall with this team, it's more of the fact that they have multiple new pieces because Malcolm Brogdon is an important piece also for the Milwaukee Bucks, but he is only one piece. So are you looking at it because of the fact that the Sixers have P.J. Tucker, DeAnthony Melton, Daniel House, and Montrez Howell, four new guys that they have to incorporate into everything with what they do? Is that more of where you're 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 leaning towards? Exactly right, because in all four, the new guys are basically guys who are going to be in a rotation for the most part. You know what I mean? Like, you know, Montrez Harrell, is he your, he either going to be your backup center or going to be your third center, but they're going to have him playing. You know he's going to play. Um, and, and then the thing is, it's like if you just said, okay, we're just bringing in P.J. Tucker, the starter, 
and have them in with the other guys, but you kept the bench the same, then you have a better idea. But when we're talking about the Anthony Melton, who's arguably going to be their sixth man, right? And then you got uh, Daniel, Danielle House. And then it's like, you know, it's just a lot of different new pieces. So, of course, yeah, that that's what it is. They're going to have to gel and get it together because they just have so many new pieces on this roster. Well, you know what? Um, of course, Marcus Smart, Defensive Player of the Year last season, tremendous on-ball defender, tremendous help defender, uh, can shoot sometimes and get hot, as we know, but it can also shoot you out of the game. Al Horford, uh, another year under his belt. He's going to be manning the five with no Robert Williams there for the for the uh, Boston Celtics, someone who is a look to be a defensive player of the year candidate with Robert Williams. And I, I actually think, of course, they're going to throw some different looks at Embiid and try to get him uncomfortable and try to frustrate him and force him to cause some turnovers. But I think this is where the importance of James Harden does, in fact, come in with uh, his leadership as a point guard on the floor. Uh, handling everything, handling the ball, handling responsibilities, making sure everyone is set up in the right places that they need to be, and finding guys when they are open. Tobias Harris, getting him some good looks, calling his number, seeing if he can get hot as he has a different number. Because right now, if I look at the depth chart, it's Marcus Smart, Derek White, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Al Horford. All right, as good as Al Horford defends Joel Embiid, you look at that and you say Embiid should still be able to get at least his 25 uh, on um, on, on, on tonight in the opener. Then you go to Tobias Harris and Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum, they're going to defend him well. They, 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 they can, they will be able to, but he should also be able to find some shots himself uh, over those two defenders. They're very, two very good defenders, but he is a pretty good offensive player, as we know. As far as Marcus Smart and Derek White in that backcourt there, someone is going to wind up and find themselves on, on P.J. Tucker. They're going to sag off a lot. So, he has to be shot ready, as we know from the corner, and be able to get that shot up quickly to knock down those open looks. And that help is going to come from different places. When we had a chance to speak to Doc Rivers, Keith, on Monday before leaving uh, to go to Boston, he talked about their passing and Joel Embiid's passing out of the double team and recognizing where those cutters are, where the open man is, having that good angle seen over the defense and not coughing the ball up. Trust and believe. They are going to send that extra help. And they also have to be patient enough to reset that low post position on Embiid when he kicks the ball out, find it find it right back into the hands of Joel Embiid. Doc Rivers talked about that, that resetting. Once the ball goes out, send it back in, have them scrambling a little bit. Maybe you catch them sleeping the defense and you'll be able to get some, some good shots. So this is going to be a tough matchup, uh, a good chess match, if you will, against the two coaches. Joe Mazzulla is a, a new guy. So can Doc Rivers play a big part in this game with the substitution patterns, his play calling in, in general, uh, the bench and the coaching and what they do and helping to lead to a victory? I can't wait to see how they put this whole thing together. It's going to be grimy. It's going to be ugly. These two teams do not like each other. They know each other very well. And we'll see how long it does take, to your point, of these new acquisitions to start to blend in with one another for a positive for this basketball team. And you saying you think Boston takes it. I actually think the Sixers take a close one, uh, less than five points on the road, starting off against Boston, because I think they have a better, I think they have. Say it again. I, I think they have a better overall starting five 
that can impact things. Who's going to smart, I'm assuming, is going to be on Harden or Maxi, and White will take the other Brogdon, the same deal. I, I, I like right now, I think I like the Sixers under five points in this one over the Boston Celtics to start things off. Nah, I, I mean, I, I'm looking at this lineup. So you got, the only thing is you got Jalen Brown playing the three, Jason Tatum at the four. And look, they can Al cross. Huh? It's the wing. So they, they'll wind up on different players. Yeah, they're they'll, wings, they'll but I'm, let, let, let's go position by position. Okay, like, that's fair. All right. So, um, you know, Jason Tatum was lighting up the, those dudes in the in the in the, uh, the the Miami Heat in the playoffs, right? So we got Jason Tatum against. I'm pretty sure they're going to try to throw PJ um, Tucker. Tucker on him. I think Jason wins that, right? He'll just so try to get physical with them. Uh, yeah, I mean, no matter. I, I think no matter who guards them. PJ or or Tobias, he wins that matchup. I think Jalen Brown wins the matchup against Tobias, right? Now, again, basketball is not just five players. Al Horford guards Embiid very well, very right? Well. Mm-hmm. Marcus Smart on Harden. Who, yo, man, like over. And then you got Derek White on. Uh, on 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 uh maxi now i think i might want to depend on how the game goes on boston i might want to switch off right <laughs> put, put smart on maxi right and white white has a defensive reputation also he's made it yeah, all but still mark is smart though you know what i mean like that's a different yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah so i mean i don't know but like it's deeper than that the, the thing that gets me is where you, where you have malcolm brogdon coming off the bench i think that's huge you know, I mean, I think he should be starting over, over Derek Derek White. White, but that, yeah, that that's just me, huh? Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, that's me. That's me. But yeah. I mean, I I don't know. I regret. Like, we'll see what happens, but you know, we'll, we'll we'll just see. But I just think like they're starting the lineup. I mean, the Sixers had two Hall of Famers and a and a top guy in Maxi, and and Tobias is a solid fourth option, but. Jalen and, and Jason, woo! See, that's where the Sixers' defense is going to come into play here. Can their defense help win this basketball game and slowing those two down? Because as you just mentioned, their defense on these other guys or the Sixers' defense on them, now it's the opposite. Who's going to stop and beat, as you just pointed out? And uh, can PJ, you know, can James Harden and Tyrese Maxey get loose a little bit and put some points on the board? Same thing with Tobias Harris in this opener. Keith? Uh, we also need to talk about the season a little bit. We can do that in the next segment as we um, also talk about some awards. As we talk about these players, you just mentioned some Hall of Famers and all. We're going to talk about some season awards for this basketball team as we are uh, on just hours away from the first game against the Boston Celtics. Who will win what? Who has the chance to win what? We'll tap into that next right here on Locked On 76ers. I got to tell you, though, these days, every new potential hire – can feel like a high-stakes wager for a small business. We know things have been tight. We understand how things were in 2020. Trying to get back to some normalcy. You want to be 100% certain that you have the access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and free. I mean, in my experience, I have friends who have small businesses themselves, and they really 
go into major detail of looking over and as we talk about it, of what they want to do and with their hiring process, what type of people they want and leading and helping in their business. So make sure that you guys check out LinkedIn Jobs if you are looking for your small business to help out and find the right people for you. Then as you do this, you know, talk about how you can create a free post your job on LinkedIn on LinkedIn jobs for these candidates. Add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you like to interview and hire. Got to finish the year strong, find the right team members, hope that you are able to do so. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NBA. Again, that's linkedin.com slash locked on NBA to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. Do it today, people. Do it today. Get those hiring things done. Make sure you find them. Thanks for making Locked On 76 as your first listen. Now, make your second listen game to game NBA in the Eastern Conference. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NBA in the Eastern Conference with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked In NBA slash Eastern Conference, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Keith, let's talk about the awards. Oftentimes the conversation came up last season about Joel Embiid, as we know, two-time runner-up in back-to-back seasons, uh, as runner-up for the MVP award. He took a lot of flack for talking about it. I have a difference of opinion than most because he's asked about it. He answers it. Sure. Can he dial back a little bit? Yeah, I'm sure he can. But you ask him, that's the guy who's going to answer your question. And who wouldn't want to win the MVP award? Does that take away from his focus of winning a championship and being the best team player? A lot of people have their opinions about that. While it may not mean anything if they don't hoist the Larry O'Brien trophy or even just get there this time around, Keith, what players do you think, we'll start with Embiid, have a chance to win awards? And that includes All-Star, All-NBA, All-NBA all defense, what players do you believe have a real chance of, of getting those? Uh, let's start with Embiid with the, M- with the MVP. Do you think that's something that he wants again, even though he tells us he's not focused on this year, he doesn't care anymore? Does he care? And does he have a chance again? Yeah, I mean, he cares, and, and he does have a chance, but I, I don't know if he'll get it this year. I, I feel like right about now, you know, last year he had to carry the Sixers to do everything. You know, I, I think like right about now is with the emergence of Tyrese Maxey and then having Harden as kind of like a ball distributor. I don't think that we're going to see MB like a lot of his 30 point performance came out of necessity. Right. I don't think that we'll see that this year. I mean, there will be certain games, but I think for the most part, he's going to have more help, more help. You know what I mean? And helping him do things like that. But I, but I think that because of that, I can see him becoming like runner-up or finishing third, and I think Giannis is going to win it, in, in my opinion. 
especially with Chris Middleton out right now and then a couple other people where he's going to have to step his game up. So when I look at Joel Embiid, I say he'll be one of the finalists for MVP. Um, I believe that, you know, he will probably, just because this vote is so subjective, I mean, I can see him getting second team um, all NBA. I mean, just in case, because again, because it's subjective. I mean, we've seen how these people vote, right? I shouldn't say these people, but how some people vote. Um, I, and, and then, but I also look at him as making first team all defense this year. I mean, I feel like that for wow. whatever reason, he was always getting snubbed. But I feel like right now, when you have a guy like Rudy Gobert playing a little bit with Carl Anthony Towns, like, I think Carl's going to take a little bit of his thunder. Now, again, Rudy is still a phenomenal defender. I, I think that helps his case playing with Carl Anthony Towns. <laughs> it, it, it does, but it doesn't. And, and what I mean by that is it's kind of sort of like, you know, you think it does. Now, you might say Carl was going to play the four and it can do certain things with him. But I also think, like, stuff was so bad <laughs> defensively there to whereas – that he was always at the rim blocking everybody's shot because he was getting the blow-bys. I don't know if it's going to be that same situation. I, I just don't. I, I think he's still going to be a phenomenal defender, but I don't think that we're all going to be like, yo, my man was the beast down there. I think a lot of the stuff that happened was like, you know, you look at Donovan Mitchell. Do you think he's a great defender? Absolutely not. Exactly. Brothers was like, and they get in the lane and big the big tree was in there blocking stuff. You know what I mean? So I, I, I don't know. Like, I, it, it could help him, but I, I just don't think it will. I, well, think I mean, look, in that case, again, Carl Anthony Towns, not a good defensive player. D'Angelo Russell, turnstile. Donovan Mitchell, I mean, uh, Carl, Anthony Edwards, he tries. I, I give him that. And I, I don't know who else is starting. Is it uh, – Anderson, Kyle Anderson might be starting for that team. Well, he uh, ain't guarding nobody. He's not guarding any. I mean, he he's gotten better, but he's slow mo for a reason. He's not. He's not. He's not defending anybody. So that's where I think it would help Rudy. Well, Gobert you know what? You, yeah, you know what? You you maybe you you're twisting my arm a little bit. Joel goes second team. Yeah. All NBA second yeah. team. Yeah. Um, as far as the MVP goes, if this team is the number one seed, Keith. In the Eastern Conference, which they if, if it was a fifth, we all be drunk. Well, <laughs> so just, hey, you're very, you're very right. You're very true there. If this team is the number one seed, I think Joel Embiid wins the MVP this year. I mean, uh, if they're the number one seed, but see, the funny part is they were the not, number one seed. Out of the realm of possibility would, that they would be the number one seed in the East. But here's the thing: they were the number one seed two years ago, and he didn't win the MVP. You know what I mean? Also, he also huh? missed. He also missed games that year where he didn't last season. Yeah, true, but but last season he had a historic season, bro. Like the man was balling. See, the problem with the MVP thing is again, is subjective. Like you have, and it's kind of sort of like you got the East Coast bias and you got the West Coast bias. The people in the East Coast who've seen Joel play, and especially like. In these in our markets that seen him play four times a year appreciate him. The people in the West Coast who've seen the Denver Nuggets play four times a year appreciate him. 
And then you got the analytics people who want to talk about the analytics. You know what I mean? So, you know, I I, I, I don't know, man. It, it's kind of, and it's weird. Like, Joel is one of these guys where he's kind of like polarizing. So I think there are certain people who don't like him. And even though they're not supposed to I'll let that affect their decision. Let that affect it, but it it happens sometimes. You know. Yeah, what I mean? yeah, I, I get that. And and look, but in my opinion, their number one seed. I think he wins the MVP this year, finally. And we'll see what they do after that, as far as the team goes. But yeah, and if not, uh, I would probably lean as far as the MVP goes. Giannis, like you, I, I would go in that direction and say Giannis will win uh, this upcoming season. So as far as defensive player of the year, you just mentioned that. Talking about Rudy Gobert, Joel Embiid, I would lean Rudy Gobert once again because of the case that I just made for the Minnesota Timberwolves in their defense. As a matter of fact, I think they're starting uh, the other McDaniels brother, Jaden McDaniels, I think is going to start for them. Yeah. Charlotte has Jalen, Minnesota has Jaden, and uh, he's very good defensively. So uh, he can help out the other three turnstiles, as I mentioned. So I'll give the Rudy Gobert. Selfishly, of course, Mikhail, I would hope that they give a wing player another look and, and seeing if um, that would go. But I know how tough it is for wing players to win, especially consecutive years with Marcus Smart won last year. Also thought Mikhail got job last year. But, you know, yeah. look, Ben should have won it in 2020. But ben isn't it crazy it. how it goes? It's kind of like I thought Ben Simmons should have won it in 2020. Uh, yeah, he should have. But it's, it's, it's funny how it goes, though. Like, at one point, it's like, all right, we're giving it to the post players. And then another – then, like, another era is all about the guards. He locked somebody down. I mean, it's just crazy how, and the how toughest, this stuff goes. The huh? toughest position in the NBA right now is geared around the wing and the guards, which is why Marcus Smart and Mikhail should have been in the conversation like they were. Well, Marcus, Marcus Smart did won. get it, but, yeah. And Marcus won because – that's the number one position in the, and that's not taking anything away from Embiid, Gobert, any of those big men. Just simply pointing out, they have every right to be in these talks and should win it more than they than they do. But Mikael, I'm gonna tell you this: small market. I know Phoenix is bigger than Philadelphia. The only reason but, last year I thought would have helped them is because the number one seed in the West. Yeah. Well, are oh, you talking about two years ago? Last season, they were the number one last year too. Man, they underachieved like a mug. But yeah. anyway, so yeah. here's the deal, though. But so here's the thing. Like, and now we're going back to Sixers. But this is what I think. He's a great defender. Great defender. Got the long arms. Can get the balls. Can you know do all types of stuff. He has some phenomenal games. But unless you were like, um, in that market or in like that division, unless and or unless you were like a, a diehard basketball fan. It was like, yeah, man, did you see what the other two guys did? You, you know what I'm saying? Did you see what Chris Paul did? Did yeah, you see what the other one? So it's like, to me, he's the type of dude, it's like we're talking about that East Coast bias. So it's kind of, he's way out there. Now, if he was in L.A., they would say, you know, oh, yeah, well, he's in L.A. So I don't know. That's that Again, that's what I'm saying. It's too subjective to me. Now he made yeah. first team. Yeah, that's the point. Team. Yeah, he made that's first the team. So they he saw something. <laughs> yeah, they saw something. But they when you look something. at but his statistics though, like it was like some crazy statistics to where people should have uh seen a little bit more, you know, saw a little bit more than what they saw. 
We got robbed. Got robbed. But uh, all right, defensive player of the year, all that. Um, and we'll just go- get traded to Philly. He might not get robbed. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, does Tyrese Maxey, year number three, even with the jump that he made from eight points per game to 17 points per game last season, does he have a chance to be the most improved player? I think he does. I mean, if he can send you it on, I think he does. And it's kind of weird because I don't think like, I mean, I give him the improved player thing, but I also think that a lot of him was like, he, he could play. <laughs> he just didn't play. You know what I mean? But then last year he got some burn and he did it. I think that he has to be in a conversation. I mean, I understand what he did in the preseason is the preseason, but at the same time, the guy was balling and he showed us like, you know, I honestly think if Tyrese Maxey can go out there and be the second star, like the second leading scorer, you know, I think that he deserves Yeah, and I think he will too. But I, I think with that, he deserves to be in, in the conversation. Now, again, I don't know if he'll win the award, but I believe that he deserves to be in the conversation, at least be a finalist for it. Because, you know, there's always somebody who just – came out of nowhere. And typically, I hate to say this, recent in recent years, a lot of times the sixth man of the year has been one of these high lottery picks, right, who struggled and and and, and was like on, on the road to becoming a bust. And then all of a sudden, they, they like kind of figure it out. And then all of a sudden, no, oh, that's the sixth man of the year. Sixth you man know, the most improved. Huh? I mean, the most improved. I'm sorry. Right. Then, then, then they become like the most improved. Because John Morant won it last year, and that was ridiculous. He was an all-star. Type yeah, yeah. Player. I mean, he, but, we already saw it the year before, so it wasn't as if, yes, he improved, but he should he shouldn't have been qualified for that when he was too good. Yeah, I'm, again, it's subjective. I think it's going to be between Maxi and like Anthony Edwards this year, and. Anthony Edwards was a borderline all-star last year. So but yeah, I, I can't see Anthony Edwards get like so that's what I'm saying. Like, how are you the most improved and when you should be overall pick? Yeah, I mean, you projected to be a multi-year all-star. First overall pick, like the bar is so high for you. Like we're talking about um, we're talking about Maxi, who was what the 21st overall pick. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, man. Like, see, that's what I'm saying. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like that. I do not like that because you get these dudes and like, okay, they the man, but they got to pay their turn. They not Well, then you're not the man. I mean, Ant-Man is a good player, He's but tough. I can't see him being the first overall pick to being most improved player. I just don't see it. All right. Um, a couple more and then we'll move on to our predictions. Uh, we talked about that most improved uh, as far as six man. I don't think Montrezl Harrell is going to, come off the bench you know enough there as far as that first couple of guys to be that player like he wanted a few years ago with the Clippers same with the Anthony Melton I just don't think point production will be there for them to give him six man when you have guys like Jordan Clarkson averaging 16 points off the bench but we'll keep an eye on that one final one Keith um all-star how many of them are worthy of an all-star appearance this season I mean, it's crazy. If if they're the number one seed, I think you have to have at least two, right? Um, you know, I, I think that – but if they don't have the number one seed, I, I think Joel Embiid's going to be on the all-star right now. And as good as – I mean, unless Maxie is straight balling. 
And the, and the reason being is I'm looking at the guard spot, and we talked about it before. Mm-hmm. It's extremely deep. There's a whole bunch of all-stars. And then not only that, you know, you got um, DeJounte Murray. Now, again, I know he was kind of like he made the all-star team because someone was injured, right? But then you also have Donovan Mitchell, right? You have Trey Young. You have Bradley Bill back. You know, um, you have uh, Kyrie. You have Ben Simmons. There's a lot of people there that's going to vie for that position. Kyle Lowry, I don't know if he'll make it, but he's an all-star. You have Zach Levine. Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero. Like, you know what I mean? So I think it's going to be hard for them. Now, James Harden typically gets grandfathered in, but – if he if he looks like James Harden looked last year, that you know, towards in the playoffs, he ain't making All Star. You know, he just it just won't happen. I just think it's extremely deep right now. I think there's a lot of elite guards in the Eastern Conference. So unless they're the number one seed, if they're um, they're not going to make it. If they are the number one seed, I could see one of the two, maybe Maxi making it. I think they have three possibilities with Embiid, Harden, and Maxi, and I think Harden would make it over Maxi. I don't think they have to be the number one seed to get two. If they're in the top three and they're playing and they're close to those other two in terms of maybe two, three games separating them in the win-loss column, they'll get two. And I think James Harden is going to have enough of an impact where he's going to be getting that consideration from the coaches when they make that choice. Let's go. So I would I would probably lean James Harden and just a slight, slight no for Maxi in year number three, but he's looking like I'm on my way. You, you know what I mean? As yeah. far as as far as an all-star goes. Uh, you know, it's tough as to, to for Tobias because uh in the what year was that? 21, uh 2021, yeah. 2021 season when they lost when they had the number one seed. I thought Tobias should have made it over Ben Simmons that year. While I thought Ben Simmons was the defensive player of the year, I thought Simmons took a step back offensively in that first half where Tobias was clearly better than him behind Embiid as that clear number two scorer. And I thought that that was his best chance, unfortunately for him, um, to to make the all-star team. So I'll give it to those three as potential, uh, potential guys. Also, before we go, Keith, does Thibel have a chance to make all NBA again defensively just because he's so down and so deep down in the- I mean, it depends on how they play him. I mean, the, the yeah. crazy part is say no. <laughs> yeah, people are going to say no, but the crazy part about it is like as good as the Anthony Melton is and the hype that he gets, as good as uh, Daniel Houses, D Houses. P.J. Tucker, Matisse is a better defender than all of them. I mean, if you're going to be real. It's probably I mean, offensively. Yeah, offensively. So my, my, so my thing is, like, if you play him, yeah, he'll get it. It's just a matter of the type of minutes he gets. Now, my thing is, though, a guy who can defend like that, you got to find a spot for him somewhere in the rotation. Like, you just do. You do. I mean – because you can't get it twisted. It's kind of like saying, "Yo, we got uh, the the best running back in the in the country, one of the best running backs in the country." 
but we want to air it out every every play. We throw to the wide out. Nah, sometimes you got to get that running back some plays, man. You know what I mean? If you have it. So Very curious to see, as you talk about that tonight, all the defensive players we speak about, Garden, Tatum, and Brown, Matisse I will defends Jason Tatum as best as possible. So like a lot of these guys in the league, he does a really good job against Jason Tatum. So curious to see when his number is called tonight in this game, especially if if he's having his way, Jason Tatum, against whomever is guarding with that first unit. So, yep. All right, man. And, and, you know, we'll talk about it as we give our predictions on the other side, the fact that he did not get a contract extension. We'll come back. Final segment right here, Locked On 76ers. Welcome back. Locked on 76ers. Keith Pompey, Devon Givens here. Uh, Keith, um, we got to talk about now the our predictions in general. And um, we've mentioned it a lot of where you are, where I am, and uh, see where see where we go from here. Um, so I'll start with me. And um, we mentioned already first team, number one overall seed, all that stuff in the Eastern Conference. I think the Sixers, in my opinion, I had them three, as you know, as our viewers and listeners know throughout the summer, had them in the top three behind the Celtics and the Bucks. Until I see the Celtics play under Joe Mazzullo and play, I guess, with no issues, where they don't skip a beat from a year ago, keeping – a lot of the same stuff that they did. They have that momentum under Ime Udoka. Until I see it, I'm going to have the Sixers right now as the second seed behind the Milwaukee Bucks at this time. Uh, I think they're that good with their depth. As you said, yes, it's going to take some time for all of them to gel and get together. There are so many new people. But I do think that they're that good. They've added the right pieces this offseason. And sure, they may not be perfect where they may, as you've always pointed out, a point guard, possibly another shooter coming off the bench but they have so much that I don't think that will hurt them during the regular season right now, leading up into the trade deadline where they have an opportunity to go and then uh, address that need in, in the trade deadline or the buyout market period, the veteran period there. I have them in the top two and in the Eastern conference finals against the Milwaukee bucks. Uh, I don't, I'm sorry. I got them at number three. Um, and, and, and it could slip down to number four. Um, you know, that's just what I have. Mm -hmm. Um, but right. And I have them losing in the second round. I'm sorry. I mean, the thing is, I I look at these others, we're talking about Joe Mazzullo, right? Let's, let's face it. He'd been a part of the Boston staff longer than most of the other coaches. And, 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 you know, I, I feel like when, as long as they got that core intact players, I mean, these dudes know how to play, man. Yeah, like, I, I, it's not like you know what I'm saying. So I feel like 
they're going to be fine with whomever is coaching this team right about now, especially some. Yeah, he's been me, around. It's, it's, yeah, he's been around. So, you know, I, I, I just don't, um, I don't, I don't think it's going to be that much of a problem right now, at least not in the regular season. But, but, but I, I don't see, I, I don't see the the Sixers. I mean, the Sixers just have too many question marks to me right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, just have too many question marks. Okay, uh, I, I think Boston has question marks also. Uh, just because of no Robert Williams, what that means for them. Uh, the coach, in my opinion, we differ on that one. And uh, I, I just think those things are are real questions for the Boston Celtics also. Now, this Chris Middleton thing, the depth with Milwaukee, could that be a problem? I like the Joe Ingles move. That's going to be a late addition to probably around the trade deadline or a little bit after because of his ACL recovery. See where he is. Like that move for them, uh, bringing back Javon Carter, like that. Also, for for that basketball team, Bobby Portis, Pat Connaughton, they still come off the bench. They have a good team. They have a really good team. Uh, I just have the Sixers and the Celtics. I mean, Sixers and the Bucks in the Eastern Conference Finals. And it wouldn't wouldn't shock me. I mean, it would shock me because it hasn't happened. But talent-wise, it wouldn't shock me if the Sixers did, in fact, finally reach the NBA Finals. But first things first, getting past that second round, as you talked about, man. So uh, that's, that's my prediction. I think they'll go and win. Uh, 54 games, 54, 55 games, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. But a lot of those talented teams in the East, they're going to take wins away from each other. So I say 53, 54 wins around, around about. Yeah, I have 52. I got them going 52 and 30. Okay. All right. Sounds like a plan, man. And uh, before we go and get ready for the game tonight, Matisse Thibel. Uh, there were about four or five players who signed contract extensions off their rookie scale deals. Kevin Porter Jr., uh, Philadelphia product, DeAndre Hunter with the Atlanta Hawks, Kevin Porter Jr. with the Houston Rockets, Nasir Little with the Portland Trailblazers, four years, $28 million. And Brandon Clark for the Memphis Grizzlies, four years, $52 million. Uh, sometimes starter, sometimes reserve. Uh, got some decent money there. Matisse Thibel did not sign an extension keith and can you add anything to that as to why he i mean he not- was never really going to get an extension if you really want to be real about it i mean i would like it, for us to be real about it yeah. i mean it, here's the thing with matisse like i mean and and you know not not a knock against him but when you look at daryl morey and there's certain general managers who typically what daryl morey does is he has a history of letting the market decide how much a player is worth right so unless it's kind of like, of course, there's a James Harden type or something like that, yeah, you're going to lock that up, right? But if you're a guy who they look at it as, your coach looks at it as you're like a fringe starter, so to speak, like what you're going to do is you're going to let the season play out. And if this guy balls out, you're going to let, and you're going to look and see what somebody offers them. Because with them being a restricted free agent, you have the right to match that salary. And once you do that, that person becomes a part of you. So always people won't come out and say it, but people kind of figured that was going to happen early on. Now, again, it maybe it would have benefited the the Sixers if they may have offered them something less. You know, like, for instance, like, oh, you guys want to negotiate. 
well, let's see if we can offer you like something less, something that you probably won't like, but we get you locked in for a couple of years, like which will make you Nasir Little's contract. Kind of, sort of, but you know what that does is it makes it easier for you to get traded because then people are like, okay, well, we get him. He becomes a restricted free agent. What if somebody throws the bank at him? We're not trying to match all that. You know what I'm saying? The offer so, sheet. Huh? With the offer sheet. Yeah, with the offer sheet. So, like, um, so I, I kind of felt like he wasn't going to get an extension, not a really nice one, be, be, because the Sixers want, if he balls out, they want the market to decide how much money they should pay him. And and then they'll, they'll go accordingly. But if not, then he could just walk. You know, he could just walk. So. We'll see, man. He's playing on, you know, playing on that one year, and now he's going to be a restricted free agent after the season. So we'll see how many minutes, how all that plays into it. It's going to be a fun season, man, Keith. I'm excited that it's back. I'm looking forward to it. Here we are for yet another NBA year. We got to thank everybody for making Locked On 76 as your first listen. Now make your second listen. Locked On NBA. The NBA season is here. We have two games tonight, Sixers and the Celtics. And then the Los Angeles Lakers travel to Golden State as the reigning NBA champion Golden State Warriors unveil their new banner, get their rings. Our, all of our local experts and insiders have you covered on and off the court all season long as uh, we talk about all of these games, all the biggest stories around the NBA every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. Available on YouTube, Odyssey, and wherever you get your podcast. And, uh, Keith, we went a little bit long today because, well, quite frankly, it's the start of the season. We have fun. We were going back at it, having a good, spirited discussion. And we appreciate everybody listening. Keith, can you let everybody know where they can find us? You know what? You can get our podcast wherever you get your podcast at and on YouTube. And if you go to YouTube, make sure you click on the Liberty Bell to become one of our latest, latest subscribers. Also, you can follow my man, D., um, you can find my man D on Twitter uh, at DivineG975, right? And he'll be tweeting all great stuff throughout the day. He gets the latest info. And then tonight, you can check my man out on the Divine Giving Show from 6 to midnight. Yeah, um, pregame stuff for the Sixers. We'll have that postgame for the Sixers, but also post game because when we get on around approximately 10:30, the Phillies are still playing. So we'll mm-hmm. be also doing that. Started the uh, NLCS. Yeah, and then you can get me on uh Twitter at Pompey on Sixers. You can also follow me on inquire.com. We'll have the game coverage for you uh after the game. And then and, and next morning you could get some more stories. So make sure you listen to D, listen to this podcast, listen to my man D, and then go to inquire.com and, and read the articles on the season opener with the Boston Celtics. Really appreciate it, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Keith, as always, man, look forward to it. We'll be back tomorrow recapping game number one, Sixers Celtics. We'll discuss it tomorrow. Thanks, man. All right, brother. Peace. Have a good time. Peace. Same with you, my man. Peace.